Welcome to Young Business Minds. I am your host today, Alan Fan, and I have my co-host with me, Michael Kwan. How are you doing today, Michael? Hey guys, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Yes. And we are hosting this show for our young business minds that are coming up. People are thinking about doing entrepreneurship or business or company or something like that. And we are trying to bring some types of stories and ideas and systems that are going to help you along your path. And to start us off, we thought, what better way to share than to share our own stories, how we got started, how we actually did our own businesses, our own companies, created them, started them, built them, and how we went about that and what happened so that we can share some insights as to what you could possibly do with your company, your business, or your future. So Michael is a financial coach. So he actually does financial coaching for people. And he's in a time of his life where he actually gets to choose what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, where he wants to do it. He's created that opportunity for himself. But his younger self actually required a lot of dedication and hard work into a business that gave him the opportunity that he has today. So Michael, would you be so kind to share with our listeners as to what you used to do or what your company was in the past so that we can share those stories and insights as to what got you to where you are today? Absolutely, Alan. So my first business just out of college was a tech company. So what we did was we provided IT support to small and medium-sized businesses. And, you know, what did that actually look like? Well, people would have issues with their computers and they wouldn't be able to get their work done. So they had to have someone that they could call to come help them to fix it. And since I was a computer gamer in college, that's how I ended up in IT. And we initially got our start because the company that we were working for imploded during the downturn of 2001. And that was right after 9-11. A lot of the tech companies started going down. And so I ended up leaving that company with a couple of friends and we started up this IT support and consulting business. And so we started out just very bare bones. We didn't have an office. There was just a few of us and we were going out to the clients, crawling under desks, plugging in network cables, making sure that monitors were connected to the personal computers. And, you know, back then the internet was more or less brand new. So a lot of times it was helping the people to figure out how to connect to the internet, how to get onto Internet Explorer was the browser back then. Eventually Chrome and all these other ones came out. But it was really a period of time where we were creating value by supporting end users so they could use technology to run their business. So the type of business that I was in is called B2B, business to business, because I'm providing a service to other businesses so that they can perform their business. So the way that we ultimately made a profit was that we would charge them what's called time and materials. And so in a service-based business, you essentially say, okay, well, if I'm supporting you for one hour's worth of work, then you can pay us $100 an hour. And that's essentially how we started out. We started building this business just by exchanging our time for money. Now, 
This is great because you can create a nice little system. You're working for yourself. You get to determine your own schedule. But there is a finite limit of how much time you have. And so at a certain point, maybe after two years of growing the company, I was like, you know what? There's more that we can do. And so I wrote a book that I actually recommend most budding entrepreneurs to read. And it's called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And what Michael Gerber did was to open up my mind and help me to realize that building a business is really about building systems and processes so that you can scale the business. Because as a business owner, I wanted to create money. I wanted to create profit for myself and my family and grow my wealth. And by being in the business and working it, I had essentially created myself a job. Now, it was kind of cool because, you know, I said I own my own business, but I was almost a prisoner within my own business. And so what I did was after I started learning that you can build systems and processes, we started to hire people. We started to make a help desk or a service desk that people could call into. And we started to get more sophisticated. We started to use software ticketing systems so that we could track individual service items. We started to sell Dell computers and components, and we were able to make profit off of that. And so we started to build this infrastructure out from the company. And over the course of 10 years or so, we ended up acquiring a couple of other small businesses and folding them into ours. And then we expanded out to Chicago. I lived in San Diego, so we had a San Diego office, and then we also had a Chicago office so that we could have more of a national presence. And then ultimately, we decided to sell the business. And there's a number of different reasons why we want to do that, but it really gave me the ability to take out some of the equity from the business that I had built. And when I say equity, for those of you young business minds that are listening, all that means is that it's the value that you have in the business. So after building up a business, you have an inherent value based off of the amount of profits that the business is generating, as well as what's called goodwill. So like maybe your goodwill with clients and contracts and different things of that nature. So we were able to use that and sell it for a small seven-figure sum. And then you know ultimately use that to exit out of the business and then... Um, put it to work in real estate. And so that's kind of my story as far as like building that first business, which was really a great catalyst to give me the financial freedom that I am afforded today. I know you brought a lot of value for people in terms of the business. What was it that they were not doing or what they didn't understand that you guys had the knowledge of um, that gave you the advantage to be the expert in the field? Yeah, that's a great question, Alan. So back then, personal computers and servers and networks, that was something that most people didn't understand because this is more of a technical type of application. And so being younger, I was able to understand some of these things just because you're in college and you're playing games. And a lot of times if you're a gamer, you're getting in front of the latest cutting edge technologies. And so it was just stuff that I already knew. So I didn't really have to necessarily go out and learn more. I did actually, I take that back. I went out and I learned more. But all of a sudden you have a skill set that most people don't have. And so that's your competitive advantage, right? You're be being able to bring a service to people that they want the outcome of being able to use the computer to do their business better and faster, but they don't necessarily know how it works. And so 
I'll just share a funny story with you. I mean, a lot of times we'd be getting frantic calls from people, maybe from a real estate company or maybe from a doctor's office. And they'd be like, I can't get my computer to work. The screen is blank and all the things I need to get this done, this report out to my client and I can't do it. Help me, help me, help me. And we'd be like, okay, let me ask you a couple of questions. All right. Can you look at the monitor? Is the monitor plugged into the computer? Yeah, it's plugged in. You know, it's still not working. I can't figure it out. Okay. Um, do you see a light on the computer itself? No, there's no lights. Nothing's, nothing's working. Okay. Do you see that little button right there on the top right? Go ahead and press that for me. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's going. It's working now. It's on. Oh, fantastic. So, Ken, I can't tell you how many times, you know, it's just like user error. But guess what? We still gave them the outcome of getting to their computer and allowing them to do their work. And so sometimes, you know, it did require some advanced knowledge. Other times it just took some listening and uh, patience. Yeah. It's amazing how we don't think necessarily when we're in those type of situations sometimes we're just like we need this solved right away right and i guess you were there to help them solve those even as simple as that is that troubleshooting but it was something that you went through and meticulously made sure that the result was going to be achieved at the end of the day exactly so it sounds to me like through your gaming when you were younger that's how you gain some of these skills. But were there any other things that you were doing in the formative years between the ages, let's say 14 to 17, that we were doing that also gave you abilities to have this company, run this company, acquire this company? Yeah, that's a great question, Alan. I think back in my younger years, when I was like 14 to 17, I was in high school. And I was always entrepreneurial minded, meaning that I was trying to always make a buck and trying to create money and value of some sort. And so there was a number of different things that I did. Some of them, maybe I don't necessarily recommend to the listeners, but for example, I would get fireworks and I would take them apart and create my own and then I would sell those. So that was one side business, right? Another side business was I would get my hands on specific books that Kids wanted to learn about different things. And so I would Xerox or photocopy, essentially, the book, and then I would bind it myself and then resell it. So again, I don't, wouldn't necessarily recommend it because that's like copyright infringement. <laughs> so you shouldn't necessarily do that. But, but the ideas were starting to churn, right? And I did, of course, I didn't know at the time that, that was not, you weren't supposed to do that. But I was trying to create value, trying to create a market and give people access to information or access to products that they didn't otherwise have. And in the process, people would give me money. And so those skills, even in those formative years, then translated into being able to run a business later on in life. And of course, obviously, there's many other skills that we had to acquire along the way. But I think the basis and the core, and specifically to those of you guys that are listening, being young and being hungry to create a business or bring some idea to life this is a time that you want to do it. Don't wait till later on. Don't let someone say, oh, you're too young or you're, you don't have enough experience. Forget that. Those are the people that have maybe gone through and have had bad experiences and they have this idea in their head. Youth and youth entrepreneurship is so powerful because we don't know any different, right? We don't know that 
the odds are stacked against us. And that's a great thing because it gives us that ability to create for the rest of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in some cases, being younger, uh, not knowing is an advantage because you don't know what will be a stumbling block in front of you. And you may just do something like you're talking about copying the book or whatever, not knowing about copyright infringements. Not good at the time to do it, although it's something that you were able to go ahead and do because you didn't know any better, right? Your your ignorance was a little bit bliss at the moment. So now having talked about your younger self, what would you tell your younger self if you were to able to go back and share with yourself some insights or some things that maybe our listeners might be able to take advantage of that? you would have liked to have heard from somebody else when you were going through these, you know, formative years of trying to figure out, do I start a company? Do I not? What is it the right thing to do? Should I do it now? Or who should I do it with? These sorts of things. What would you tell your younger self if you were to be able to go back in time? That's a fantastic question, Alan. And it's something that I remember asking at those formative years. Because when I was really young, again, I didn't have anyone that I could reference. I didn't have necessarily a role model for the business that I was specifically doing. And now in this day and age, you guys that are listening, you have the advantage of the internet and YouTube and TikTok and all these different avenues to consume information. The challenge for you, though, however, is that there's too much information. And so when I was growing up, there wasn't enough information. For you, there's too much information. And so... There's a problem on either side of that, right? And I think the solution is really being able to get quality information. And so I think if I were to tell myself now, what I know now in my formative years, I would say really take the time to identify people that have already gotten the goal that you want and model them. And so what I mean by model them, so for example, if you really admire a specific entrepreneur, and maybe it's someone that you listen to on this podcast specifically, right? Maybe you hear that Dave has created a specific company helping to trade baseball cards and he set up a little separate market for baseball cards, whatever it is. You know, we're gonna we're planning to have a lot of different entrepreneurs as guests and explaining exactly what they do. And maybe you're like, you know what? I could actually do that. My advice is to go talk to that person and ask them how they did it. See if they're willing to spend some time with you such that you can start to learn the ropes, essentially, even potentially become an intern, which means that you essentially work for free. But in exchange for that, you're getting access to someone that's already done it. You're getting access to their business and seeing how things work. And that's super valuable. Even if you don't get paid per se, you'll get experience, which is so valuable. So again, the advice that I would give to the young business minds of today is to invest in yourself by getting a job or getting an internship with someone specifically in the area that you want to grow into. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, essentially investing yourself is what you're suggesting and go into the areas that interest you already so that you can be more invested in those areas which is awesome. That's really amazing. Um, so Michael, you actually don't own this company anymore. You exited out, you did a sell-off and it put you into the position that you are today. 
getting to choose what you do. And of course, you're a financial coach. How did you come into that? What manifested to get you to that area? What's life like now? And what is it that you do to be an authority in this area to talk about finances and share about your finances or help others with their finances? Yeah, and I really credit entrepreneurship or creating a business as one of the big catalysts in my life that's given me the financial freedom that I'm afforded today. And so, you know, I will tell you that today life is pretty fantastic. I get to do what I want, when I want, if I want to do it. And the truth is I don't have to do the financial coaching. I could do nothing. I could sit on the beach. There's many reasons why I won't do that. And that's more because I want to create impact and there's more to do. There's more to grow towards. But what I will tell you is that entrepreneurship is a vehicle that can allow you to build your wealth very quickly. So I talked about how I started the business in my 20s. And over the span of 10 years, even though that sounds like a long time for maybe some of the young business minds of today listening, right? If you're only in your mm -hmm. teens, I assure you that 10 years is actually not a long time in the grand scheme of things. The life expectancy for people is only going up. We're, I think, about 80, but with technologies coming out, you could very well live into your hundreds and beyond. And so how do you want to live the majority of your life? Do you want to live it working a J-O-B, a job just over broke, or working for someone else where the impact is not hitting you and your family directly? It's just someone paying you to do something. So, you know, it's really those questions that I asked myself early on. And I was very fortunate because I had a couple of uncles in my proximity that had found financial freedom and financial independence early on. And so they did that through both entrepreneurship and real estate investing. So once I sold off the company, I took the proceeds from that and I used it to then purchase cash flowing real estate. And so what does cash flowing real estate mean? Well, go back and listen to Alan's episode because Alan actually <laughs> helps some of some investors, including myself, hold on to assets and acquire assets that are spitting off cash flow. And cash flow, all we're talking about is that if you have a rental property, let's just say you can collect rent of, let's say, $2,000. And let's just say your mortgage and you have some insurance and property management fees and whatever else, let's just say that adds up to 1000 then you have cash flow of $1,000. That's free and clear. It just comes to you every single month. And so that's what I did. Basically, it was I took some of that equity from the business once I sold it and I converted it to cash flowing real estate. And guess what? That just continues to pay me day in, day out, day in, day out. Now, there's different ways that you can scale that and make it, you know, more or less. And there's different strategies for that. And so that's what I focused on is trying to really optimize for that. And being able to retire early has been such a gift because I can be fully present with my kids, go to all their field trips. I just went on field trips with my son, his first field trip ever, get to volunteer, teach things in their class, go, you know, do whatever I want. And on top of that, I feel it's my responsibility now to share with other people how to find financial freedom, how to build financial independence. Because like Alan mentioned in the last episode, success is a recipe. You get certain ingredients and you have a certain syntax and you put it together, you're going to get a chocolate cake. You put other ingredients together and you're going to get some other cake, right? And knowing what that formula looks like is really going to give you the results 
that you're potentially looking for. So, you know, that's the crux of it. And so if you're interested at all, I do actually have a book that I've written. It's a personal finance book called The Fire Planner. And the acronym FIRE stands for Financial Independence, Retire Early. And you don't have to necessarily be focused on retiring early. More importantly to the FIRE formula is financial independence. How do you build your assets today so that you don't have to work tomorrow? I'm not saying you don't. You won't because you probably will want to, but then you get to work on exactly what you want. You get to design your life exactly as you want to see it. And you young business minds that are listening, this is the perfect time to really figure out what you want. Do you really want to work for a company your whole life? Or do you want to move around? Maybe, and there's nothing wrong with that, but just make sure that you know what you want. And if you want to build a business, this is the perfect time to do it. And even if you mess up one time, two times, three times, four times, five times, however many times it takes to get get that successful business is going to be a stepping stone. And that skill set that you can bring into your life can literally change the entire trajectory of your life. So definitely, uh, yeah, I encourage you guys to go out there. And if you'd like to, you know, contact me at all, you can find me on my blog. It's called financialalert.com. As well as I have a separate personal finance podcast called Breakthrough Millionaire. Mm, wonderful. What I love is that we're speaking to an author, somebody who has written a book, not an easy process by any means, anyone that's gone through that. And this book that Michael wrote is not just a book that you read. It's not just something that you acquire knowledge and information. It's actually a workbook where you work through plan to try to get to a place where you can consider retiring early. Now, what does that mean? Retiring early to me means freedom. It just means freedom of having your own time back, freedom of having control and understanding of what your money is at, and ideally freedom of location, where you want to go enjoy your life or your time, whatever you want. Freedom to me is what retiring early or retirement really means. And Michael's written this book so that other people can hopefully follow in his path to be able to get to that place. And it's different for each and every person. It doesn't mean there's a one strategy fits all. It's different. And Michael goes through all different types of plans and styles to be able to help people get to that place. And even if you don't ever achieve it 100%, even if you re achieve it 80%, 70%, 50%, it's a very different life than having zero freedom or very little freedom. So thank you for number one, writing that book, Michael. And um, if they can find that book, I'm guessing on your website. Is that right? Yep. Or you can find it on Amazon. It's just called The Fire Planner. It'll pop up and it should be at some Barnes and Noble stores as well. Great. Okay. And people should reach out to you on your website if they want to get in contact with you, if they have any questions for you, how you did things in the past, what you're doing right now. Is that correct? Yep. You can catch me at michael at financialalert.com. You can email me there. Or if you want to find me on social, you can look up Financially Alert or Michael Kwan um, on Google. Should be, be able to get you in contact with me as well. Great. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Michael. Uh, it's always so nice to be able to hear people that are not only just going through it, but have gone 
past it and are doing something different than what they did before. It means that you don't have to do this idea for the rest of your life. You have an option. You have a choice. There can be a way to do multiple businesses, multiple things throughout your life. Maybe this is a Maybe this idea that you're thinking about is good for now, but it might not be forever necessarily. And Michael's shown you a way to be able to consider that. So thank you for sharing, Michael. And thank you for listening, everybody. We're going to look for more entrepreneurs, people that own businesses, people that have companies or had companies to share more ideas as to what it looks like to be a business owner, a company owner, or an entrepreneur in some way, shape, or form. So thank you for listening. And we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode real soon.